0: To speak with Valorum, I go. What can I do for you? A file sealed by your administration. The Jedi Council
1: has come across. The subject of the file? Jedi Master, Sifo-Dyas. Sifo-Dyas? When I was Chancellor, I sent him on a mission to deal with a flare-up in the Pike Syndicate. The Pikes? A powerful part of a spice cartel. Their criminal activities had allowed them to almost completely control the production of raw spice used to create a powerful drug. We were facing a full-scale war underneath the surface of Coruscant. Knowing of his expertise on the underworld, I contacted Master sifo to stabilize the problem. Secrecy was our only choice. The Jedi Council did not.
2: There's over 150 hours of Star Wars on film. This is the Star Wars binge where we select, order, and elevate the best 40 hours of the Star Wars canon. My name is Jeff Cook. I'm a philosopher in Greeley, Colorado, and in Chicago, Illinois, is the Daniel Mothership. Playwright, comedian, and pop culture enthusiast. That is true. This is me. Friends, we are joined today by personality typing master, TJ Wilson. This guy. TJ is my partner in crime on the Around the Circle podcast, and he is an expert in all things human motivation. And speaking of government secrets, (laughs) we ended... Right in the middle of the conversation, last time, apparently, when we got sabotaged by the KGB. And so, in this conversation about government secrets between Yoda and the former Chancellor, Valorum, the very last line was, secrecy was our only choice. Which invites, of of course, a, a good question for us, since we like talking about themes in film. You guys got a favorite movie about government secrets? National Treasure. I was
3: going to say that as a joke, but that's, (laughs) beat you to it.
2: (laughs) Never saw National Treasure.
3: The first one is actually, I think, very good. I actually think it's a very good heist movie for what, I mean, like, for what it is. It's very entertaining.
4: I don't know that I'd use the word good, but it is very entertaining.
2: It was a Disney version of Raiders of the Lost Ark before Disney owned Raiders of the Lost Ark? Sort of. Sort of. Yeah. (laughs) Both your
3: faces made the yeah. same. It doesn't have the like I feel like the the hallmark of an Indiana Jones film is there's some sort of like spiritual or magical thing that's happening in it, whereas this one is just more literally just government secrets. Yeah.
2: Are you saying the constitution wasn't breathed by God? I don't yeah.
4: know that he was <laughs> saying that, but we do believe that. I mean
3: that is that is, <laughs> we that could is true, that. <laughs> but it's not what I'm saying, correct? <laughs> When they Is opened b- <laughs> the case for the Declaration of Independence, <laughs> like, a bunch of people didn't die. <laughs> that
2: you know of. I feel like
3: the Watchmen HBO series had a lot of, like, government oh. secrets in it. That's, that's maybe maybe my, my favorite isn't the right word, but the most recent thing I watched where it's like, here's the real version of all these government things.
2: Yeah.
4: I'm a big fan of conspiracy theory
2: with Mel Gibson.
4: I haven't seen it long enough to remember if it's government secrets or if it's just Patrick Stewart as a villain secrets, but <laughs> I'm a big fan of that movie. It was really good. Now Gibson plays a crazy person <laughs> way outside the box. <laughs>
2: How do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> it was the case, by the way, dear listener, if you haven't seen Watchmen, it's worth finding HBO just so you can just binge that man. It, uh Watchmen was fantastic. Don't binge watch it
4: really slowly because
3: it is yeah. heavy as hell. I, I watched it in one day. Ugh. And <laughs> I, I, re- I I like I feel like to say I regret that is the wrong word because I but yeah.
4: You were basically hung over for a week afterward. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah. I was emotionally hung over. <laughs>
2: I felt that way through the first half and there's a there's a move in the middle where everything changed mm. and mm. I was so delighted and that doesn't happen very often for me where i'm like this is really dark this is really dark this is really dark and now i'm delighted it's normally the opposite way <laughs> in movies and that that one got me and i was just like ah and just elevated yeah
3: Fi- find your one friend who has HBO Max and can add fi- up to five people on their profile and <laughs> watch it that way. You
2: already know the system? In order I, to-
3: I am the person who five people are using their HBO <laughs> Max account. Me too. If you,
2: if you have Mothershed's Twitter account. Nah. Yeah, my password is 1234,
3: so I guess.
2: <laughs> I have the same password on my luggage. Speaking
3: of Star Wars. Change the combination on my luggage.
2: Of course, the original trilogy of Star Wars itself has a big secret, and the secret keeper is one Obi-Wan Kenobi, who thinks he's telling the truth, but of course he's not. He tells uh, one Luke Skywalker that uh, Darth Vader murdered his father. Does that count as a secret? I suppose we're gonna probably talk quite a bit about this when we get to the original trilogy. I find this highly deceptive.
3: It just feels like a lie it
4: it yeah it feels like an obfuscation of the truth so we're just splitting hairs about whether or not we call it a lie at that point cuz it's like it it's a
2: version of the truth
4: that isn't inaccurate but it's definitely not complete
2: but Obi-Wan seems even kind of put off by the fact that Luke thinks he was telling him something that wasn't quite clear
3: well, oh, yeah, nobody likes to get caught lying. Everybody gets defensive. <laughs> it's like, hey, you lied to me. What? Uh, hey, 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 come on.
2: You're going to realize that in life, lying is about seeing things from a certain point of view. That's a, that, that doesn't work with anybody, does it? Uh, I feel like they have an
4: opportunity to sort of solve this problem with an Obi-Wan series by heavily huh? investing in the emotional impact between Ewan McGregor black knighting Anakin and uh, Alec Guinness just being a weird old man who's not telling the exact truth. Mm. Like as an audience, it would be nice to see that the reason that he is saying it this way is because of the emotional impact that it had on him. Yeah. His brother was killed by the dark side. And and transformed into this other person.
3: Yeah. So it's like if it is a, if it is a lie, maybe he's really lying to himself more than right. he's lying because that's the version of what happened. He had to tell himself to not right go crazy. Right. More
2: or less. In my opinion, the best dialogue in all of Star Wars is in Rebels, and one Darth Vader says something to the extent of
0: Anakin Skywalker was weak, I destroyed him.
2: And may, it may be the case that Kenobi doesn't get to say that, but Anakin gets to say it to us, and maybe that informs some of that.
3: Yeah. Pretty bold talk from a guy who had his arms and legs cut off and was essentially a,
2: a stump. I suppose to circle back, is it, is it the case that that's a secret, or is it the case that Kenobi thinks he's actually just telling it as it is?
3: Uh, both. It seems like it could be both like that's his version of the story. He has to tell himself, but also, I guess there is a secretive element to it. Cause if I guess you were to tell Luke at the offset, by the way, this guy is your dad. That might change his willingness to go on this, uh, go on this quest. So, so maybe both.
2: A few years back, dear listener, TJ and I did a deep dive into the personality types of the Star Wars characters and if you find it you can find it at around the circle podcast star wars um it's good you should do that that would further prove tj's points about obi-wan we had a disagreement and the idea that obi-wan routinely is shutting down his own emotions and not wanting to feel these emotions talk about this Daniel and I talk about Obi-Wan's emotional life all the time but
4: well and it it's not just that he's trying to be a perfectionist in his emotional life but it's he has aligned himself with the Jedi order and in order to be like in identifying himself with this system with these rules that the rules say that you detach yourself from other things that in, in order to be a good Jedi, you have to detach yourself from emotional connection to people and things and like give up on an outside world. And we see that with his character in, in a lot of the clone wars, he, he, we see a relationship with the ruler of Mandalore that like, he will not allow himself to be in this relationship because his belief system dictates that he is not allowed to. That's a good. Way and to... so yeah, so in 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 the same way his belief system has required of him that he detach himself from his emotions. And so he's presenting this material in a way that for him this is the best way to go about doing this, but it also might be like like sort of like the thing that he's stuffed down has to come out somehow. Like, he thinks he's doing this in a non-emotional way, but it's actually, like, his his caring for this situation, both for Anakin and for Luke, is coming out in the only way it can, which is in him essentially lying
3: about how that all went down.
2: Doesn't want to be controlled by his emotions. Right. Except,
3: But except that he is. Uh, we, we've talked about this in other episodes yes. before. Like, he, he is. Like, he's a... Like, you're making those choices based on not wanting to feel something is being controlled by the emotions just in a different way like it's 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 still controlling you cuz you're that afraid of it and right. everything everything you do is going to be colored by that
4: right well and it's it's a good it's also a good way of p- sort of portraying the fact that detaching yourself from your emotions does not work <laughs> you can bring your emotions into balance and you can you can operate in a way that that doesn't let your emotions dictate your life, but just separating yourself from them is foolish, and it makes you not a whole person, and it also just doesn't work. And herein is a fundamental problem with the Jedi Order.
2: Absolutely.
4: And because he's attached to it, he
2: can't see that. Because he's a company man. Yep. That's really well said. I don't know that that's cleanly seen all the time with Kenobi, you gotta really get into the weeds a little bit, but that's entirely who he is at the core. The creators of this are doing a great job. That might be just very difficult to show Mm -hmm. that he's routinely spinning out of these emotional situations. We only see it a couple times where he, he breaks and his heart is exposed, and he's clearly uncomfortable or deeply
3: grieved because that's what happens if you stuff your emotions down they're going to explode out yeah in ways like like when like at the end of Revenge of the Sith when he's like screaming at Anakin about about everything is because he yep. because he hasn't acknowledged it for forever and then suddenly you can't control that anymore and yep. you're you're an explosive wreck he tries so hard to be a good little boy that when
4: his emotions come out he's all elbows
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, for as much as you know we're we're going to do a deep dive into sith uh, when we get there but the
3: can that episode be called sith happens
2: <laughs> it'll be it'll be 12 episodes given our oh right our clip <laughs> our, our 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 miles per hour
3: it actually be 24 cuz each of those 12 will be two parters
2: <laughs> that's probably right <laughs> those just those two lines uh, you are my brother i love you when those are paired with Everything else we see with this character, especially what you see in the Clone Wars, man, that shows you some stuff. Yep. It's You're exactly right. It's just always stuffed. Stuff, 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 mm-hmm. stuff. And then it breaks, and then you see a man's heart. Mm-hmm. So we're picking up with Yoda and Valorum having their conversation with the Pikes about all these events that have taken place. Yoda says,
1: The timing of these negotiations. When were they to take place? I cannot remember the precise timing. I'm afraid it was so long ago. I do remember that the talks were postponed not long after our delegates arrived on Obadiah. Something about a flare-up of activity on Felucia.
3: Is this? Do you believe him? That was, I was as I rewatched this episode. I was thinking that if secrecy is our only option, and we're cl- we're clearly not telling the truth do you actually think it was too long ago and he doesn't remember, or he's still lying? Having the perspective of seeing,
4: having seen the whole Clone Wars, I think from a storytelling standpoint, there's no reason for him to be lying. Sure. The reason we're talking to Valorum at all is a storytelling device. Yeah, this
2: is exposition.
4: Yeah. For sure. He's getting us, He he's advancing the story he's not an important part of it. Fair enough. Yeah.
3: Which is how Terrence Stamp felt on set when he played that role.
4: <laughs> yes.
0: Yes, intervene on Felucia. The council insisted sifo did. But tell me, Chancellor,
1: who was the other Jedi you sent with sifo Other Jedi? I know of no other Jedi. There was only my personal aide, Silman and sifo I'm afraid they were both killed on Felucia. Personal aid, Silman.
2: By the way, one of the better red shirt names, Silman. Yeah, Syphodius has some grandeur, has some history, some. Ooh, that's kind of unique. And then Silman died.
3: <laughs> well, so, but like you need that. Like Syphodius is a very grand name. Silman is it <laughs> not interesting? Like his name can't be cooler than the guy who that's he right. serves. Truth.
2: Yeah, anything anything else we're saying about this dialogue?
3: It also is a good window into
4: the fact that the concept that Palpatine is not the owner of secrecy. Mm. Yeah. Secrecy was our only option. Oh, so this is a an institutional problem.
2: Okay. <laughs> cool. That's nobody's okay. telling the truth one yeah. of the things that we're going to see coming up here is that there is a character who's actually using leverage against Palpatine and that doesn't happen very often in Star Wars which I found really interesting on rewatch this time or hmm. um, well, we're going to cut to the castle of Count Dooku because you know if you're a count man needs a castle you gotta have a castle
3: <laughs> yeah where, where are you going to hang <laughs> out and do all your
2: counting <laughs> Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, the ca- it's a cathedral-looking office that he's got here with this grand room with some green windows and a hologram of Sidious pops up. And even in hologram, Sidious is in the power position. He's, like, elevated. <laughs> Apparently, Dooku has made sure to elevate the hologram of Sidious so that he looks subservient. That's probably a rule, like
3: everybody who gets hired to work for Sidious like there is a packet of crap that you get and it's like right. that when you have the hologram chamber it needs to be re- like I need to be really big like yeah. bigger than you
4: here's our contract and here's the technical writer for you <laughs> this is how big you're allowed to build your hologram of me yeah I need to be enormous yeah. and only green m <laughs> you beat me to it
2: <laughs> What's hilarious is the green M&M story has gotten around our circle of friends so frequently. We had a friend who used to promote concerts, and one of the things in the writer was only green M&Ms in the green room. The reason they're doing this is to ensure that everything else on the list got completed, but when you read it in the writer and it says we only want green M&Ms, you're like, Man, that's some rock star High maintenance, <laughs> <Yeah>. mother. Is <laughs> it the taste? <laughs> they all say they all taste the same.
3: It's correct. They do. I heard that uh, a theater podcast I listened to, they had mentioned they put one thing in their writer as well. Because they said, especially with like theater, it's like if if these people are going to also be hanging lights and whatever, I want to know that this theater that we're going to, they read things and pay attention and do things well, so like lights aren't falling down on us. And if they can't include mm-hmm. green M Ms or whatever else, like that, makes me nervous about the rest of the job that they're going to do. Which which never occurred to me. I had always just thought like like TJ said, bunch of... Mm-hmm.
2: Well, this is the first time that we're going to get a chance to see both Palpatine and Sidious in the same episode. We've seen Sidious in the uh, Siege of Mandalore arc, but this is the first time he's appeared chronologically. Anything we're saying about Sidious as he appears here in Hologram before Dooku and is clearly in the power position.
4: I think we talked about him a lot sort of uh, like with discussing his conversation with uh, Yoda before, but the, the two things that really stand out to me in this appearance is that like he uses the Force from hundreds of planets yeah. away to Force choke. Just a great show of power, uh, but also the f- the frustration that comes out of him. They're like, I gave you a job and you didn't do it. Like like this guy has a lot on his plate, and he does not suffer fools. Mm
3: -hmm. It also feels like all the frustration he gets has to be like delayed in its ability to be taken out. Because like with Yoda, obviously he like. The version of him we see in this hologram is the true version of him, and that's how he reacts to things. But with Yoda, he has to put on this, like, mm-hmm. oh, no, I'm just a sort of old, humble mm-hmm. man who happens to be a public servant. And this is, what was the name of the guy again? And then, you know, in his head, it's just like, mother, yeah. Arrgh, I thought this yeah. was taken care of. So yeah. then when he gets the opportunity, it's, it's like the rage plus the delay. Yeah, We've,
4: But I would also like to say that since we did have a significant, okay, significant might not be the right word, but a, a debate about whether or not Palpatine had orchestrated the, the clone army, this oh, moment yeah. for me seals the deal yeah, on that. Yeah,
2: that's a, that's a good word right there. We, we obviously talked around that for a while, but somehow he's the one who's responsible for the programming of the chips. Actually, so in nerd culture, there's often these debates of who's the most powerful you know if debates feels
3: like a <laughs> generous way to describe <laughs> it, but yes twitter
2: spats i think is the official tantrums <laughs> tantrums that's what i was looking for <laughs> everybody's always interested in who's the most powerful who's the most powerful who's the most powerful the real question in star wars seems to me who's the smartest and is there anybody mm. who's competing with palpatine for that title
3: Jar Jar Binks, man, he was the one who orchestrated (laughs) this whole thing. You see him muttering in the background. It's a whole thing. No, you're, you're correct. Nobody is. I don't think anybody is more powerful or smarter than Palpatine.
2: This is a problem with American foreign policy, by the way, nobody. We have 5,000 nuclear weapons. We could blow up the planet a few times over and your power doesn't matter anymore. It's actually the question really is who's smarter at this moment in time Mm. and and most of the voting public doesn't realize that you're still voting for military buildup as though that matters. And that actually is playing into the other guy's hand. Right. Wise up. Well, in this universe, in this galaxy, that is the Republic has a 25,000 year history and the modern forum has a thousand years. Palpatine Transforms the entire pangalactic system with this thousand year history into his own plaything for that, for this short period of time. It's certainly a burst, it's a blip if you're thinking of things in terms of millennia. Right. But that character is super impressive to be able to absolutely undermine, subvert, and dominate everything in the galaxy for for a 20 you know 25 year period and to do it while pretty much hiding in plain sight
4: (laughs) and i i was also thinking about while i was re-listening to our previous material i was also thinking a lot about like this like how else could someone orchestrate the destruction of the entire jedi order like like how 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 do you kill a collection of wizards yeah, 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 yeah. This, yeah, it's a pro, this whole concept, you know, and and it's part of like it's it's just one facet of a larger organization. Like it, the the killing of all of the Jedi is only one part of the purpose of the clones. Yep, amazing.
2: You kill the Jedi, and then you have an entire army to. To dominate everything right. else with, because all your peacekeepers are gone. One of the things, upon re-listen, I kicked myself 12 times that when I listened to it. Kenobi says to the whole council how wrong they were not to create the clone army. And I just kicked myself for thinking, of course that's a huge mistake. This is the vehicle through which <laughs> the, the, the bad guy's going to take power. And Kenobi is saying, "Man, we certainly got that wrong. The clones are are a tremendous help." Uh, Oof. Um... <laughs> Crickets. It is one of the great elements of the storytelling that they are continually telling here with through the Clone Wars, and now they're telling through the Bad Batch. We're in the middle of you know June 2021, so we're halfway through the first season of the Bad Batch that now they're just saying, here's how all the dominoes are beginning to fall in the quick aftermath of Order 66. And you're just seeing, here's brilliance at work. I mean, this is Mozart. Darth Sidious is Mozart in terms of what yeah. he does.
3: If instead of symphonies, Mozart composed Genocides. <laughs> <laughs> and I I love the idea that
4: like now that the very skilled and precise needs of the clones have been met we can replace the entire army with drones essentially the long standing joke about stormtroopers is that they're they're terrible soldiers like they're they're yes men but they're terrible at, at their jobs they can't hit anything the clones on the other hand were highly skilled and organized and very good at what they were doing and now we don't need that anymore because the people that we needed them to kill are all dead.
3: And as we see in Solo, it's just recruits and enslaved people and and, and kids that want to run away from home and join up with something. Who right. Become stormtroopers.
4: You want a white plastic suit and a gun? We'll give you one. You just have to follow orders. That's it. That's all we need. See the world.
3: <laughs> Never shoot at anything and hit it. <laughs>
2: Again, because we're just in the middle of 2021, I don't know how they're gonna play this out, but that's entirely what they're showing. They're showing you that the stormtroopers aren't very mm-hmm. smart, and they're gonna need to show, and they may have already done this, but they're gonna need to show most of the clones dying. Right. And this is one of the tragic ironies of the clones killing the Jedi, is in cl- killing the Jedi, the clones are killing themselves. Right. And they haven't shown that for us yet but that is the reality. It's just horrendous. Again, this is the, uh, there there was a guy on Twitter that was complimenting the Sith. What do you like most about the Sith? I was like, the Sith. Was that
3: Roger Stone? Who was that?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right. The Sith philosophy is only one person in the entire galaxy matters. Like even the second, even the apprentice doesn't, is a slave. That's who you want. You want an assassin slave next to you so that you can destroy everything in your path to simply sitting on a throne in a dark metal sphere above a planet that you're going to destroy.
3: And we really see that with Palpatine. And I think we might have talked about this before. So, if this, Jeff, if this is repetitive, feel yeah. free to cut it. But, like, we really see that with Palpatine and... Vader and Luke where he's really quick to just be like I'll get rid of this guy and bring you into this thing and yes they, they, like it's just in each of these the films and the series you see how quickly they're like yeah this guy's been next to me for such and such many years he can be gone like that yeah well I even his care.
4: his treating of Dooku in this scene yes is about that
2: that's a good call
4: it's it's yeah. you either do what I need you to do or I'll kill you and yeah, because replace you with somebody else. Uh, you are nothing to me.
2: That's entirely who Sidious is. At the beginning of Return of the Jedi, he seems to appear to be affectionate towards Vader, and he routinely is calling him my friend. And that's the one thing that Sidious is not towards. Oh, well,
3: yeah. And that's just how manipulative, abusive people behave. Like yes. if they if somebody who's cruel is actually cruel to you, most people are going to be like, you know what? Screw you. I'm not helping you. But if somebody who is abusive knows if they occasionally are kind to you and speak to you well and whatever, you're going to stay around because you're like, well, this person says that I'm their friend.
2: Yeah. A lot of us need to go through therapy because that person who told us how much they loved us, cared about us took deep advantage of us and really hurt us. And then we're just like, we're left with, Oh, I see how that worked. Jeff, I told you all this in confidence. (laughs) I didn't think this was going to be brought up on the podcast.
4: (laughs) Well, now you know why we're really here, Daniel. (laughs) Oh
3: man, this has been a very long (laughs) game intervention. (laughs) Well, we are talking about Palpatine. We took a page out of his book. That's brilliant. (laughs)
2: So this scene ends up being very unique in all of Star Wars on exactly this front that you don't see Sidious worried very often. But right here, he knows something has been leaked that is going to screw up everything he has orchestrated. And he is going to his right-hand man, who is actually his slave. Dooku is a slave. And you need to think about Dooku in the same way you think about Vader on this front. Insidious says Tell me why do the Jedi look for Sifo-Tias? What trail are they following? If
0: there is a trail it is unknown to me.
2: And we're going to find out later that this is a total lie. Dooku knows exactly what's going on and he has been found out by somebody with immense power. Oops. Mm -hmm. Sidious Retrace your steps
5: Find this
0: loose end And eliminate it I understand what is at stake My lord I will go to the pikes and take care of it This is not the first time You have proven to be clumsy Lord Terras You know the price of failure
2: One of the great things about The Binge is we're able to kind of reorder things. This never happens in Star Wars, but we're gonna take our opportunity to reorder things. Uh, The next episode that we're gonna hit is ARC Troopers in which Dooku sends Asajj Ventress to destroy Kamino. And I think this scene right here really allows that reordering to really work because Dooku is so terrified in this moment that he says, we need to wipe out every evidence everything that could possibly point back to me screwing up. So he's going to wipe out an entire planet in the facility that's creating clones through his henchman, who's of Ventress. And just as, because we've already recorded that episode, I'm so thrilled about how the, this plays out knowing how the discussion goes, by the way, you should tune in next week. The next episode is incredible. It's my favorite that we've recorded. The, this ends up being the moment. This ends up being the moment that Dooku is seen as suspect. Sidious knows that he's unreliable. Sidious needs to do some new stuff. This guy screwed up this one thing, and now we're going in a different direction, and guess which direction he's going to go.
4: I also like that it's it's sort of the, the beginning of us starting to understand that Tyrannus slash Count Dooku, like if you don't know this about him already, he is powerful and angry but also very clumsy like the word (laughs) clumsy there is is a good one because you see like watching from like all of the places where he pops up he screws up a whole lot of stuff because he's clumsy and arrogant
3: Mm. and the the as I've been watching the binge and seeing him in, in this episode and other ones, I also think clumsy and weak are, are also uh, uh, weak and cowardly. Yeah. Are, are also good words to describe him too. Like the guy is for, for a, for
2: a powerful evil guy. He's a real big coward. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Let's put, this is a good place to talk about the deep dive on Dooku. We have seen Dooku only in the binge in hologram form this is a primary character this is essentially the president of the confederacy and in past episodes we've talked about the civil war references that kind of go on and that this would be the jefferson davis as it were of the uh the separatist movement what's worth saying about dooku he's clumsy i think is a fantastic word mm-hmm. I, I i feel like there i feel like this is actually a fairly depthy character the more that we get into to the clone wars material
3: what does feel like these kinds of clumsy cowardly uh, characters who are more theatrical and and tend to be drawn to the types of lifestyles that the sith and Palpatine can offer to them. Cause it's like, are you sort of a clumsy cowardly weak guy who wants people to be afraid of them? Come join us because mm-hmm. we'll give you a whole bunch of authority. Yeah.
4: He is an excellent representation of the type of character that is drawn to power because it gives him an excuse and an opportunity to unleash his his bad side essentially like like he thinks that he is awesome Mm. and he really wants to be in charge of other people like like looking at the way that he treats ventress Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
4: but also he only can have that if he attaches himself to something more powerful
2: Let's push into that a little bit. In Attack of the Clones, he essentially confesses that he's a political idealist who is just fed up with the corruption in the Galactic Senate.
5: Qui-Gon Jinn would never join you. Don't be so sure,
1: my young Jedi. You forget that he was once my apprentice just as you were once his. He knew all about the corruption in the Senate, but he would never have gone along with it if he had learned the truth as I have. The truth the truth. What if I told you that the Republic was now under the control of the Dark Lord of the Sith? No, that's not possible. The Jedi would be aware of it. The Dark Side of the Force has clouded their vision, my friend. Hundreds of senators are now under the influence of a Sith Lord called Darth Sidious.
2: So he was a Jedi. He was part of the Jedi Order. He actually forsakes his titles and, you know, as a young person or I mean he's taken away and doesn't get the titles anymore even though he's the oldest in his family. He realizes, as it were, that the Senate is corrupt and that's the thing that moves him away, at least in terms of what he says to Obi-Wan. It may be the case that you're exactly right. What's actually behind that is that he wants to control people. Mm-hmm. He's saying that, no, 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 the Senate's corrupt. Um, Qui-Gon knew it. If Qui-Gon knew what I knew he would have bolted also
3: but everybody says that everybody says like i chose to i chose to do and support ooh again well let's just go hypothetical fictional situation i chose to support such and such political candidate because the system is broken and i yep. and no one listens to everyday people like me no that's that's not true you you don't like that you don't get whatever you want and you've, yes, we, we talked about lying and, and sort of telling versions of the truth that work for yourself with Obi-Wan. That's all this is. And, and you have you have spun a version of why you uh, turned your back on everything that, that is good so you can live with yourself. And it's like, oh yeah, well, everything was so awful. What choice did I have? Well, other choices, and
4: you made that choice. Yeah. The Senate is so corrupt that I decided to align myself with the dark side of the force. <laughs> where I get to learn to shoot lightning
2: at people. Come on man! It's just fiction, y'all. Yeah.
3: But Palpatine will be reinstated <laughs> in August, I believe.
2: I've heard tell. Uh, the prophets on the internet have said. The thing about Dooku is after leaving the Jedi Order, he returns to his home world and he reclaims his title. And that pushes more into motive in terms of what TJ was saying. Like, he wants power, and he's gonna reclaim his count status, and in order to do so, he kills his brother, who had taken the family heritage and title.
4: Like you do. So, so he, he left the Jedi Order because the Senate was too corrupt, so he went home and killed his own brother to claim his title as a Count.
3: Well, yeah, but his brother had done something wrong before. So, like, he he was, like, writing a wrong... I think it's different,
2: obviously, when that happens. <laughs> Whatever... <laughs> if he just killed him to kill him, that'd be horrible, but... I'm sure we can figure out some means of disseminating disinformation on this front to make it look like he's, he's in the right. <laughs> Mind <No>. control. <laughs> the Jedi. There's a lot of Plato in Star Wars in terms of the ideal... Republic. Obviously, Plato's primary, I mean, his masterpiece is called the Republic, and so there's some of that going on in uh, in Star Wars, but do you know who Dooku's master is while he's in the Jedi Order? Socrates. <laughs> the, <laughs> Dooku's master, who he studies under, is Yoda. And one of the things that Plato says, so my philosopher's soul comes out here, is that Plato wants to say that education is the answer. Education will get will perfect human beings. Dooku studies under the greatest Jedi there is and still is perverted and goes down down the rabbit hole towards just terrible ends.
4: Which like I I have a hard time believing that he left the Jedi Order for anything that is justifiable. Like that he's he's telling his own story there, but like if you're running away from corruption yeah.
2: Dooku's story, here's a good question, because maybe we're getting the opposite sides and we need to bring balance to this sucker. With Obi-Wan, we talked about how much he's cutting off his emotions and so into the system. And Dooku may be the opposite here, yeah. He actually is embracing what he wants at his core, even when, you know, it's dark. And he's willing to kill family members in order to get it.
3: To have power and the presentation of importance? Yeah,
2: and, and all the things that I suppose he wants. He gets to oversee the entire Confederacy. He is second in command. He doesn't realize, I suppose, that the principal personality is abusive and is moving to enslave him. But the desire there is for... What to be in total control it's it's a dark desire' it's, it's a it's a lust for all the things
3: yeah, so, yeah well, yeah, because if you have all that power, you don't feel what are, I mean what are the adjectives that we've used? clumsy, cowardly, weak, like yeah you, how could you be if you're power? but it's like all people who want to rise and be promoted to things, most people who get in those positions aren't actually that good, and you get promoted to your highest level of incompetence and stay there. And that's what Dooku is. He's an assistant manager at a corporation.
4: Yeah. Who
3: is emulating
4: his boss.
3: The abusive behaviors they see, they... they. Uh, this yeah. is how
4: you rise to power, by treating people terribly.
3: Yeah. Man, I'm going to get
2: fired if anybody from my
3: job listens to this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this. This pushes into a very central theme in Star Wars, which is bringing balance to the force. On the Obi-Wan side you can't give your brother a hug on the Dooku side you're willing to kill your brother for power these are tragic poles Obi-Wan's story is a tragedy if you don't know this he loses his lover he loses his brother he loses everything that he fought for and he's stuck on a desert planet for the rest of his life watching after a four-year-old but I, sh- dang it. I wanted to, to quote this to you, Mothershed. I was, I'm listening to a college uh, class on, on tape that's uh, about Shakespeare and tragedy. Comedies are about longing fulfilled, and tragedies are about longing missed or thwarted. That's why I love The Clone Wars. You get to season seven, hours and hours and hours and hours of fantastic storytelling ends. With a teenage girl in a graveyard, staring at helmets, looking at people who were her friends, who defended her, who she fought next to, and there's not a damn thing she can do about it. Yeah. And she has lost everything. And we talked about this um, in another podcast where the, the lightsaber itself is your soul, is your tool, is, is an embodiment of who you are and she is standing at that graveyard and she drops that lightsaber and she leaves and that's how the clone wars ends that's tragedy that's how and those stories aren't told very often in american culture the thing with sidious immense power shown here true that is true we see anakin and obi-wan combined having issues with dooku having real issues. I mean, in theory, they might be defeated. They actually have teamwork. You know, they're going to do that force push thing there at the end where they, they are clearly on the same page trying to take down somebody. Dooku just quickly, you know, reacts to it, uses it, uses their force push to his advantage. Moves on.
4: Well, and I, I don't have a timeline for the binge, so I don't know if this shows up in, where what we've seen so far, but, like, in my recollection, one of the most significant moments of two Jedis versus one, the one has a double-sided lightsaber. Sure. And Count Dugu in that fight scene has one of his hands literally hold, like, he's just casually holding it behind his back, like he's fencing.
3: Mm. Yeah, it, well, I think that's the... <clears throat> That's what I thought about this episode, too. Like, he is a count, so there yeah. is just that, like, very regal, austere proper, kind of, like, yeah. proper way of fighting. Mm-hmm. And he's still kicking their asses. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And and here is Sidious over a hologram,
3: force choking him and scaring the crap out of him. So that is the answer, listeners, to the who is the most powerful <laughs> right. character in Star Wars. Darth Sidious. It's... Palpatine or Darth Sidious, and those are the same guy. Well, we
2: cut to the library again. There's a hologram of Kenobi and Anakin, Plo Koon and Yoda look on to an image of uh, Sidious. Kenobi says,
5: "The Felucians know nothing of this Silman. No one there seems to know anything about him." What's that symbol he's wearing?
0: The symbol of the High Chancellor before the war, Chancellor Valorum.
5: So, we have one dead Jedi with no physical evidence of a body. A second Jedi who appeared on Felucia that we have no record of. And now this Silman personal attaché to the Chancellor is missing? Yet, now we know sifo and Silman were both on Obadiah, according to Chancellor Laurel.
1: The crashed
0: shuttle I found was located on a moon which orbits the Pike planet. Hmm. To the Pikes you must go. To Obadiah, yes.
2: Jedi, again, having to put on their detective hat. It's very common. And Clone you got thoughts? Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, no, it just, again, feels very, like, we know we have to go to that planet, and this is how we get there. Yeah. All
4: of the disparate parts of
3: the storyline. Okay, there were two Jedi,
4: and now we have this third guy, and the one thing that we know is that something about Obadiah. Yep. Let's go there.
2: Got some exposition moving the plot along the symbol of the Chancellor that matters in terms of the necklace, as we'll see. Right on. Cut to Obi-Wan and Anakin flying a ti shuttle to the Pike planet of Obadiah. Obadiah is a location for us, is a new location. This is a um, planet in the Outer Rim, as we've said in the past, which is Star Wars language for Wild Wild West. We see Kenobi and Anakin land and enter a large alien palace and they are escorted into a throne room. And here's the thing. I'm so glad that both of you are on the podcast today because you are way more familiar with dens of debauchery than I am. Let me turn my Zoom camera. You can see, no. <laughs> see the rest of this
3: room. I want to be offended, but I'm not.
2: <laughs> what do you call this space that they enter? Tuesday. <laughs> fancy
4: Jabba's palace
3: feels like a casino like a like a like a it almost feels like what I assume it's like to go to Amsterdam there you go like there's just you can do whatever you want there and it's fine
4: and and also a little bit like Game of Thrones in space yeah like this is this is a
2: kingdom hall yeah
4: this is clearly like the great hall of a king
2: but they got a lot of hookahs in this one
4: hookahs and let's say prostitutes is that what those are could be is that what they are they're people <laughs> it is clearly the space of <laughs> someone who is large and in charge and also has a different kind of moral compass than me
2: <laughs> if you said to quentin tarantino i need you to make minister into a drug den. <laughs> this is what you get. Why is no one wearing shoes, Quentin? <laughs> <laughs> this is weird. Got some green windows, got some huts, got some to I don't they're not Togrudas, They're uh, No, there is they, a
3: Tegrudin in there. a Twilek and a togruden They're they're leaned up against each other.
2: Bunch of Twileks in there. And of course the Jedi Enter, <laughs> which I love that. The the here come two Jedi.
3: It's like the scene in every western where the sheriff pushes open the saloon doors and, and like somebody's playing the piano and somebody's dealing cards and everything <laughs> stops and everyone yeah. just looks at him.
2: Yeah. <laughs> the, the piano player stops.
3: Somebody's pouring a drink and the glass just the little shot glass just continues to overflow.
2: This is the world of the Pikes. This is the first time the I think the Pikes have been shown chronologically. Because Yoda and Valorum seem to do a lot of exposition in terms of saying, here's who the pikes are. Yep. But we had seen the pikes in Solo, Mm -hmm. and the whole drug-running element of the Star Wars universe has begun to get explored, and obviously they are building that up as we're moving into the future.
3: Mm -hmm. Those are the things I'm interested, honestly, in seeing more of as Star Wars stories just specifically the drugs, yeah. Like just like, in, yeah. Where like, can
2: I get hands on this spice? Yeah, you're talking about.
3: Everyone looks like they're having a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, though, you know this, and the people who listen to this podcast know this. I love Solo, and I love it because of those reasons. It is it is the crime parts of Star Wars. It is the gang parts, gangster parts of Star Wars. Those are the things that I'm interested in seeing more of as this universe continues to be expanded upon in the next several years. Mm.
2: Pikes are going to be really important in the underworld moving forward. They will be influential in the creation of Death Watch, which in the Mandalorian becomes the Watch. So that's always this powerful collection of people. With Crimson Dawn and Darth Maul after the Clone Wars, they're going to be in that ring. And of special note, the Pikes were responsible for ensuring the flow of spice from Kessel to Coruscant, utilizing smugglers and freight captains to carry out Kessel runs to ensure spice delivery. Hey, wait a minute. When Han Solo appears, and you're told that he drops cargo because he doesn't have a choice, and he's, on, he's a hunted man, and all these bounty hunters are going after him, and we meet one of them who gets blown away in a bar, he was running drugs for these guys. Mm-hmm. It was, it was the Pikes and Jabba, and and he's part of this system. And now they're going to show you who these guys actually look like, and we haven't seen this before. Lone Pike. Lone Pike is the head of the Pike Syndicate. Um, as we kind of said before, the Pike Syndicate is, is going to be really important to some of the stuff that was being created recently, uh, seasons five and six of the Clone Wars solo the, they've elevated this element. It's not just the huts. It's now the pikes, and and we're seeing more of them. And so there's. We'll talk more about them when we talk about Death Watch, when we talk about Crimson Dawn, and and uh, and when we talk about Han Solo. But um, any word here before we we get into this dialogue?
3: one of the one of the more visually striking groups of characters. I think that we've seen thus far in in the binge, and and just in my personal mm-hmm. opinion, in general with Star Wars, I'm like, wow, this mm-hmm. super interesting looking character design. Mm-hmm.
2: I like this guy's personality. He comes across as unique in the world. He's mellow, and he well, has cards that he knows he can play. He's
3: De Niro in the movie Casino.
2: Mm, that's a good
3: yeah. That's true. Sure. yeah. yeah.
2: Lump
5: I cannot remember the last time a Jedi came here. Many years it has been. Funny you should say that. We're looking <laughs> for a Jedi that got lost here. His name is sifo Oh, the Jedi sifo was here. But that was a long time ago.
4: Which immediately disproves the first thing that he says. Mm. I can't remember the last time a Jedi was here.
2: Oh, that
3: Jedi. So I was thinking you meant somebody else, but yeah, that right, yeah that uh, that uh, that.
2: He has been smoking opium for a while here, so fair.
3: <laughs>
5: Master Syphodiaas's ship was found crashed on a moon orbiting this world.
2: there you know what when somebody just shows that they're real angry, <laughs> there's a play and Loam does this. he's just like,
5: what you found we know nothing of would the jedi like to join us for a refreshment
2: anakin clearly is has got his blood up he's ready to go to town and obi-wan says well the Pyke's offer is kindly accepted loam snaps they toast some martini glasses with some fantastic green cocktail in it loam toasts to friendship To friendship anakin and obi-wan <laughs> say to friendship 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 i don't think any of these three people think that they're friends <laughs> what an interesting
5: necklace that is may i have a look Lone no. found out says, perhaps the pikes have taken enough of the jedi's time
2: no no we came here to talk to you <laughs> right oh no no it's no bother at all the jedi
5: are happy to know all the pike's secrets we have no quarrel Jedi maybe you should tell us why you're wearing the crest of the Chancellor's personal advisor I am confused is the Jedi looking for a Jedi master or someone else S- stop playing games Sifo-Dyas was traveling with an advisor they were sent here to negotiate with you <laughs> well It looks like you have finally put the pieces together. The man you are looking for is here.
2: (laughs) Anything else worth saying there?
3: It's been a while since I've gotten to say what I feel like I've said on like the first handful of our episodes of of my just strong dislike for the character of Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> he is he is the enemy of diplomacy and negotiation. <laughs> like he is just reckless and selfish, and you're just sort of like, just calm the hell down, please. Like let, the adults are talking. We're gonna get there. Right. You don't need to be ripping this guy's jewelry off his neck.
2: Are you saying that? Palpatine takes advantage of a very powerful immature person? Yes. This is uh shown, not told, but there it is. The thing the show creators really do need to do is show us why we should like Anakin. So I've I've worked with high schoolers before and I <laughs> I didn't get along with high
4: schoolers when I was in high school <laughs> and like the 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 age separation has only sort of intensified that. But that doesn't mean I haven't enjoyed moments with unruly teenagers (laughs) but that doesn't mean that like as a whole they're like I I'm excited to see what happens to them when they grow up when they're 14 I just like I don't want to be around that kind of petulance you know (laughs) and that 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 is the character of Anakin to me is like like he is a petulant teenager from the end
3: of Phantom Menace until Darth Vader. It's tolerable in the Phantom Menace because he's a ch- little boy. Right.
2: Let, right. Me, let me pitch a question to you on this. Is there, I think this is really where the money is in terms of if we have buy in, is there any reason for Ahsoka Tano to love Anakin Skywalker as a not, not romantic love, fidelity?
3: don't i mean we've all got a couple of friends that were like there's no reason for me to be friends with this guy he sucks but we're still friends like yeah you know and if you don't have that friend you are that friend like <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well and
4: to to my point i think that anakin has the potential to become someone great yeah and i think that that is who ahsoka sees that's the okay. person that she she sees the best of him mm-hmm. but the picture as
3: a whole
4: is like that's not the only thing available
3: yeah sometimes you need a friend to slap you in the face to like force you to take stock of your life and not be a be an ass and that's what Anakin doesn't have as yet i have i have yet to see a moment where like sometimes if you're kind of a jerk you need someone who cares about you to be like hey we want to continue liking you. Stop being a prick. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think Obi Wan is that character for him. Nope.
2: and neither is Padme. Right, and, and neither apparently is Yoda. Putting our thumb on who is Anakin ends up being. I mean, I think I actually think Anakin's a real unique character in literature. We've talked about Anakin and Ahsoka being kind of a Batman and Robin at a very young <coughs> age comparison. If Batman was very immature, right, just all anger and beating. Criminals up in the interrogation room.
3: <laughs> if Peter Quill was Batman, is essentially what you're saying.
5: <laughs> well,
1: they cut to the dungeon.
3: The
5: Pikes wanted to gain an advantage over the other crime families. So alliances were made. One alliance was with a man named Tyrannus.
2: I've heard that name before. Django Fett mentioned it during my Camino investigation. And so this is a reference back to episode two.
5: Tyrannus wanted sifo dead. The pikes were well paid to shoot down his ship. However, any man that is willing to pay to have a Jedi killed is dangerous and unpredictable.
2: Real fortunate for us, we just saw a Mandalorian episode in which a person paid, was offering payment to kill a Jedi.
3: Ooh, yes we did. Yeah,
2: Mando is offered a Beskar staff to to kill a Jedi. The Pikes inspected the crash
5: to retrieve the Jedi's body for proof. But with the dead Jedi, the Pikes found another.
2: So he confirms that sifo was dead, but they found this other person living. And Obi-Wan says,
5: Silman, the Chancellor's aide. The Pikes gave Tyrannus sifo See,
2: there it is, the evidence that Dooku was lying. Because Dooku is Tyrannus,
5: but the Pikes did not tell Tyrannus of Silman. The Pikes needed insurance. Insurance, yes. And now the Pikes can bargain. We give you Silman. You forget about the Pikes' treachery against the Jedi.
2: Because knows the Jedi have immense power, and he doesn't want to mess with them. What do you think about using uh, human beings as insurance? I mean, me personally, no, but
3: I, I mean, I guess uh, I guess it it happens when you're the head of a drug cartel.
2: I find this horrifying.
3: It totally is.
2: The, the, the idea that I would get kidnapped by a drug cartel and kept in a prison where my friends are beetles as we see, so that I could be insurance for someday when it might be convenient. Ah! Might be insurance someday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not right. guaranteed. If not, you're just a prisoner. Thank God for the mouse stumbling across the button.
4: <laughs> like, we were talking about this earlier. How did Tyrannus, aka Dooku, view Silman? Mm-hmm. He thought he was dead. Yeah, like he it, it, he wasn't disposable to Tyrannus. He literally thought he was dead because the pikes didn't tell okay, him.
2: And this is the thing that Sidious thinks is so egregious. You you are clumsy. Yeah, you didn't
3: wrap up the entire package you should have poked him with a stick
2: (laughs) then they enter the cell hello (laughs) who's there this i find this whole scene terrifying right daniel and i have, have mentioned a handful of times that they're using like decapitated heads to enter doorways that require you know visual identity confirmation but the, right. this is and, one of, I mean,
3: when it's robots, it's not necessarily as jarring. Right. But yeah, I agree with you, Jeff. I had a couple moments where I was like, damn, this is unnerving.
2: For me, this is Star Wars at its best. Right. Sure. I know that Lucas really wants it to be for kids. And there's something about the world that where I'm just like, please go to the dark. Just go, go to these places because it, it brings up so many good, discussable elements. We are Jedi sent to
5: find you. Jedi, to find me? Why me? I was betrayed, forgotten, long ago.
1: No one knew you were alive. Quick,
5: maybe you have some food. Have have you have you any food? Of course. Oh! <laughs> oh! Thank you, my friend. A, a supply bar. Mm, mm, delicious. You see, I was so frightened I would have nothing to serve. Oh, oh! Serve? My, my babies, they get so angry when I have nothing to serve. We might have a problem here.
2: I think unnerving is the right word. They're try- The the creators are trying to make you feel really uncomfortable.
3: The the thing I took note of with this scene it, it has a it's a it had such a strong Treasure Island feel to me when Ooh. when mm. they stumble yeah. across the character of Benjamin Gunn, because mm. he too has been left behind uh, by pirates and has gone crazy and the first thing he also does is ask if they have food and I believe they give him cheese, but but he has been on his own for so long He's, he's not anything of what he was, and it's, it's just kind of... I, I remember watching a film version of Treasure Island as a little kid and being so upset by that moment, not to the same degree as an adult, obviously, but in the same way watching this feels very disturbing where you're like, mm-hmm. this should not have happened to this dude, and yeah. it's so well done. Pure pity, and also like you have to know
4: immediately that like this person is not going to be reliable.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, totally.
3: I love that's where you jump too. That's yeah
2: <laughs> I haven't thought that once. The Don't
3: ask them questions. <laughs> they can't help you.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
4: He's about to have a tea party with a bunch of maggots. Like like you give <laughs> just shut the door and leave that guy. <laughs> give him some food, do what you can for him, but get out. The trail's cold here.
2: <laughs> I knew I know a good psychiatrist, maybe. Yeah. It's that uh the man imprisoned under the earth, you're in hell, is the image I see here. And then Duker arrives. <laughs> Duker arrives and the deck officers come out to greet him. Tyrannus, you are no longer welcome he here. The force chucks him <laughs> off the side of the, the, the wily coyote. <laughs> but
4: also, like, clearly Tyrannus is not someone to mess with right now.
3: No. He's the cleaning crew. He's tying up loose ends because his life depends on it.
4: Yeah. He knows that, like, if he does not solve this problem right now, no matter what else happens, he's got to kill Silman. Yeah. And that's got to be the end of it, period.
2: One of the guys I'm terrified of is the dude who works for the mob who disposes of bodies, Hmm. you know? And that's who Dooku is in the scene. And he's showing up and he has real motivation to, to make sure that this goes well. Yeah,
3: I've been watching Better Call Saul, so mm-hmm. the notion of uh, uh, that character yep. is really in the forefront of my mind. It's like this is the guy who's going to show up to clean up the job. You don't want us to send that guy to you, yeah, <laughs> like right. he's chopping off your pinky. <laughs> right.
2: That's in, in Pulp Fiction. It's the same thing. It's when they call in the dude who cleans up. Everybody's like, "Oh man, mm-hmm. like we whose last name is also Wolf. We have screwed things up. So- is his name Wolf? That's hilarious. Yeah. We got-
4: uh, also in uh, Boondock right. Saints. The guy who cleans up every after everyone else is uh-huh. the most terrifying. Oh. Also, uh, um, Jimmy the Tulip in Whole Nine Yards. Mm. Yeah. Yep. I the, didn't
2: think about it. <laughs> I want to say yeah. the movie was called The Point of No Return. There was a, a movie with a, this redhead female who's an assassin, and the character in that movie, same story. He comes to dispose of a body. He starts pouring acid on it, and the body starts twitching, and he looks up and he goes... She's not dead yet. And you're just like, ah! She oh, She's like, bathing this person in acid. We cut back to Anakin.
5: I think you've been cooped up in here too long, old man. We've come to take you home.
2: Home? No, no, no this
5: is my home. I can't leave my friends. You were traveling with Jedi
2: Master Cypherdeus. Tell us what happened to him. <laughs> so, here's the reliability question, I suppose.
0: Siphonius, he, he, he died, 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 died.
2: This made me think of, this is a very
3: like theatery thing to reference, but it made me think of in, in Sweeney Todd, you, you there is a homeless beggar woman. Yeah, who You yeah, yeah. end up mm-hmm. finding out is the wife of, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. The poisoned, spurned wife of Sweeney Todd, and she—I mean, it's a musical; they all sing, but like she sings some very disturbing, weird things about mm. herself and her life, and that's it. That's actually the first thing I thought of during this moment. Yeah. And the the
4: higher the level of crazy, the higher the level of cover over the truth. Like one of the things about her character in Sweeney Todd is that, like, she's saying things that, like, if you didn't know she was crazy then you might understand that what she's saying leads to points at truth mm. like there's there's a really important nugget underneath the crazy and so like the yeah the singing is always like really disconcerting but yeah when people are crazy like this it's like oh uh-oh now i have to discern the riddles <laughs> <laughs>
2: Someone says tricked we were. <laughs> the bikes are not
0: to
3: be trusted.
0: Oh no 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 this no, is, no! This no, is
2: this no. is not news.
3: <laughs> the, really, the you can't trust the drug dealers. <laughs> <laughs> the,
2: the drug kingpin might not be on your side. But the bikes were not
5: the ones. No, no, the bikes were not the reason. Who was responsible? Someone powerful. Someone who, who wanted to be sifo
2: What does that mean? Someone who wanted to be sifo
3: Somebody after power and influence, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's Dooku, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, it will be Dooku, yeah. Why does Dooku want to be sifo This is the moment that
4: I wonder if it was actually... Sidious who got to Sifo-Diaz and Duku was
2: Oh, there you go.
4: Beneath him. Yeah. So it's actually like like the perception of this is that it's Palpatine or Sidious controlling Tyrannus who got Sifo-Diaz to create the mm-hmm. like what if Sifo-Diaz was actually Sidious's apprentice for a little while? Yeah. There it is. So
3: that's I love that.
4: And and I I don't know enough about the I can't think of any other instance where we see Sifydia's spoken about in a way that that can f- confirm that, but like this one line is like, "Wait a second, what?"
2: Yeah. So, I think that the creators are are working with stuff that's in Legends, and there's a ton of stuff there, but I I'm not familiar with it all. But I could see that that's exactly it. It Sifydia's yeah. was actually the apprentice to Palpatine, and Dooku wanted that position. Yeah, and. Is that saying that Duku then killed Sifydeus? Was he the one that paid the pikes to kill Sifydeus? Yep. So, so there it is. It's Duku's motive here is Duku killed Sifydeus so that he could become Palpatine's apprentice. Right. Bang.
4: And and even that could be at the behest of Darth Sidious. Yeah. Could be controlling all that.
2: Of all things that would be real similar to the end of Jedi. It's you take your two potential apprentice and you have them fight. Right. Or, um, you know, it's Joker with pool cues saying, Make it fast. Yeah. We we're we're gonna have tryouts. Yep. That's where it's going on. I like that. Uh, dooku Do- 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 then enters the dungeon and is walking down to <laughs> the player, <other laughs> guards. Obi Wan says to Silman. Why?
0: All is deception. (laughs) Which
2: is a big theme here again. Everything's going to be revealed. All is deception.
5: Can't you see? Because,
2: because... David is lifted in the air, force choked, dies, and we see the silhouette of Dooku in the doorway. Dooku, for once you actually came to do your own dirty work. Again, Anakin, Captain Obvious in a lot of these scenes... Right. <laughs> Dooku says, Sometimes
0: things are just that important.
2: That's, and that,
3: God, that is just such a bad guy line. It's, right. it's, it's, like, it doesn't really need to be there, but it's just, it's just uh, like, <laughs> cigar chomp.
4: It also speaks to me of the the fear that Dooku has behind his behavior on this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he consistently sends other people to do his work and this is something that's it's so important that he do it himself that he risks capture and like anything Mm. else because there's there's two jedi and all of the pikes who are also against him and he's still coming to do this himself because he's that afraid of sidious
2: Mm -hmm. powerful oh uh, there's another battle i suppose of apprentices is Dooku and right. Anakin at the beginning of Episode Three?
3: Oh God, I forgot about that.
4: And and Palpatine intentionally orchestrates that yep. Anakin will kill Dooku.
2: Yeah, or at least if Dooku prevails, um, Palpatine still has power over Dooku. He right. doesn't. He, all he does is gain, gain a more powerful apprentice for his work.
3: Right. If you play all of the slot machines, <laughs> one of them is going to hit the jackpot.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but
3: will all of the others kill like will they kill each other to get to the be the winner? I mean, I've never been to Vegas myself, so I cannot <laughs> say what happens there, but maybe. Who knows? Well, it it if it happens there, it stays there, so <laughs> <laughs> I should have seen that one coming, and I didn't, and (laughs) it hit me so hard. (laughs) So
2: truth be told, one of the other side motivations I have for moving this episode up in the binge is because we need to see the animation at its highest level, one, and two, we need to see some dark themes because so much of Harry Potter works this way where there's a lot of young uh, literature for young people in the first book or two, and then it gets more mature and more mature and more mature. As you go on to where yeah. book seven, Be- yep. you're, you're getting into some adult themes.
3: And is that because it's growing up with the audience and that's what's happening here?
2: I think I think that's exactly what the show creators want to do. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. Rebels is going to work the exact same way. But if we're doing a, a full on binge of Star Wars, there's something about moving some of the adult themes forward and moving some of the real technological advances forward so that there's a little bit more buy in. And one of the things for me that this scene shows is just how gorgeous they can make a lightsaber battle. Mm. And the stuff that they do with the Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Dooku I think is, is is truly beautiful to to watch.
3: It was as good as Duel of the Fates in, yeah. in Phantom Menace.
2: Lots of action. It's, it's brief enough to where it's not just this epic long thing so they can pick their moments and there's clear movements and, you know, the battle goes from side to side and some someone's winning someone's losing and and it just shows obi-wan kenobi has a
3: penchant for getting kicked or knocked off of things <laughs> and <true>. almost dying <laughs> Like, that was the first thing I thought. I was like, man, this guy gets his weapon knocked out of his hands, and he gets pushed off of a ledge. So, Like, the fact that he stepped out onto that ledge in A New Hope, he deserves all the credit in the world, because he does not have an awesome track record right. with ledges. Maybe he learned on all that time in Tatooine. <laughs> he was just walking around the edge of canyon. Just it. practice.
2: <laughs> Lo comes out with his full and they all come out and
5: they're really business. You have no business left with the Pykes Tyrannus. Tyrannus? You are the man called Tyrannus? I told you
0: everything you needed to know on Geonosis all those years ago, Kenobi. You should have joined me. Siphodias understood. He saw the future. That is why he helped me.
2: Well, that kind of goes against our theory. Yeah. Silman thinks that uh, Dooku wanted to be Saifudius.
3: No, I think it's still. I actually think it still works. I think uh, you can work alongside of people you're deeply envious of and and kind of covetous of and and even even a little uh, mutinous toward.
2: Maybe that's Dooku uh, posturing, just saying I was the one who be. was really in charge. The next line from Obi Wan is. You lie. Minister Long, if you're going to help us, now is the time. But maybe Obi-Wan is calling him out and saying, well, I suppose Obi-Wan keeps getting this wrong. Um, Obi-Wan, in episode two, doesn't think that uh, Qui-Gon would would have joined Dooku in, you know, in, in going down those roads. Obi-Wan might be naive. I don't know. I'm quoting yeah. well, stuff, and I don't know.
4: Like, like he, like, I, I think it's pretty... Reasonably established that sifo Diaz was at least being manipulated by Sidious and and potentially Dooku mm-hmm. uh, in to to create this army in secret, mm-hmm. and Obi Wan doesn't want to believe that sifo
3: Diaz would have worked with the Sith. Yeah,
2: in, I mean he's in denial.
3: Yeah. I think we, we said in another episode <clears throat> that the idea that Obi Wan Kenobi is the quintessential company man. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he, he is all in and believes the best of the organization and, and yeah, I think it's I think it would unravel so much of his own identity to fully embrace the idea that there could be any wrongdoing in, in the brotherhood that he's bought into. Yeah. Right. So Saifa Diaz couldn't possibly have helped Dooku. Because Dooku is very clearly evil. Yeah. There's no gray area there. See what I see? What I did there?
2: Yeah. In one of TJ and I's podcast, we've talked. We've gone into Obi Wan's Kenobi's uh, character, and the idealistic side of Kenobi might come out there. Hmm. Anyway, Loam comes in, makes a decision. Kill Tyrannis. The <laughs> balance force pushes everyone escapes on this large cruiser
3: there's some great uses of the force in this battle that, that this show has given so many great moments with the force in the few episodes we've talked about like there's some great moments
2: I should have spelled out more of those moments, but in the course of the battle, that's exactly it. There's just beautiful uses of the Force. And and the, the next comes where Obi-Wan looks at Anakin and says, I'll give you a push, and he Force throws Anakin onto the battle cruiser that Dooku's on. Awesome. And so he's, he's flying on through the air, and then Anakin and Dooku fight on top of the ship, and Dooku decides to sabotage okay. the cruiser by sticking his lightsaber into it. He cuts a, a hole, he apparently cut something important so that the cruiser blows up and then he sidesteps onto his own ship and is able to escape uh, Anakin I forgot how Anakin survives this they don't show it oh see he, he's just hanging from the side yeah yep it's just assumed that he'll figure it out <laughs> yeah because then there's a cut they cut back to the Jedi Council and Yoda begins speaking and this is an important little dialogue for for us throughout the the entire binge this, this is this is actually huge No, now we do. That
0: guide the creation of the clones from the beginning. Dooku did. Hmm. Our enemy created an army for us.
2: That's a huge line in terms of what the Jedi know at this moment.
0: Yep. If this was known, public confidence in the war effort, the Jedi and the Republic would vanish.
2: Again, in democracy, people have power. And if you get information into the voting public that makes you look incompetent or makes you look like you don't have the power that you do, what are you going to do? And there's a temptation right there. The truth will be exposed. Do we unveil to everyone this is where things stand or do we hide it? He says there would be mass chaos. And then it's Yoda who says... Cover up this
0: discovery. We must. No one, not even the chancellor, may know
2: and then we see a, scene, a, a shot of Anakin who looks very angry and scowling and clearly at odds with this decision J- is the jedi council trustworthy
3: my answer is no world they are uh, they are an organization and an institution that believes themselves to be so important Or too important to make mistakes and emotional and physical harm to other people and damage to other communities are unimportant to them because what really matters is protecting the sanctity of this religion that they hold to be important.
2: Yeah. Like, I mean, that same answer could be coming from, well, we're the Democratic Party. Or we're the you know we're the communist uprising, or we're the you know who uh, whoever else is morally idealistic and feels themselves superior to the rest of history because it's their time to to lead. I think that's spot on.
3: Yeah, and but yeah, just just the notion that it is okay to cover up really damaging important things yeah. for, for the only reason to to make it look like they're doing a good job. Like that just that yeah. just seems Appearance. that seems pretty awful.
4: So I I was actually on the side of the Jedi Council until earlier this morning when I actually paid attention to this line. <laughs> um, like having seen all of Rebels and this and the Clone Wars and all of the movies, like I am on the side of the Jedi Council until I realized this line happened. Because so thinking about the Catholic Church, power is top down. Like the Pope is in in within their belief structure, the Pope is a a direct like voice of God kind of decision maker, and, and power is disseminated through the organization. In democracy, which is what the Republic is supposed to be, it's, it's bottom-up power. Mm-hmm. And they're keeping this secret because the people will not be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And keeping power because you don't think that people can handle the truth? yep. Like that, that's not democracy. Yep. Like that like that no, not, that is that is the all. exact opposite of democracy.
2: Yeah. I don't know if it's a temptation for Palpatine but it's the exact same sort of posture is right that we are the ones who ought to be in control. Right. Yoda continues. And I like this line though cuz it it shows the nuance here in the things they're having to wrestle with. Yoda says, "Valiant
0: men, the clones have proven to be save my, my life and yours." They have many times believe in them we must win the war swiftly we must before our enemies designs reach completion whatever they may
2: be such an interesting moral dilemma here that he knows that his enemies have created this army and yet he also knows he is the one who has humanized the clones and his heart and mind and soul and he sees the force in them as we've seen in previous episodes that they are courageous and um, faithful Characters who are worthy of his devotion. That's just a real interest. What do you what do you do with that? Perhaps the right answer is well, you expose it. (laughs) Right, you lay it out as here's here's what we know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which he opts not to do. I do like that Yoda's fallible in this moment because you don't get to see that very often in the whole of Star Wars. But this is a huge failure, and he knows it at the end of Episode Three. Right pushes him into right. exile, he sees himself as a failure.
0: Are you sure we are taking the right path? Hmm. The right path. No. The only path. Yes. Designed by the Dark Lord of the Sith, this web is. For now, play his game. We must. Cut to you.
4: That is the line that seals it for me. That yep. that the council is not trustworthy. Yep. Yep. Because they should know better than to think there is no other option. Yep. It like it, if this is the dark lord's web, then you need to get out of the web. Don't stay in the web, or else you're like you're you're stuck in uh, it. Using the the metaphor of a web you're stuck in a spider's web. If you stay in the spider's web, you're
3: always going to be in the spider's (laughs) web. That's true. And eventually always going to be eaten by the spider, which is what happens to the Jedi and forces Yoda into exile. Yeah, exactly. This cannot possibly be the only path. The other
4: path might involve losing your power, might involve everyone being like, wait a second, this isn't okay. Yeah, that is an option. It's the same idea as like a part of the reason that bullies have power is because people let themselves be bullied. Mm -hmm. Like if you're going to play by the other person's rules, you're always going to play their game. The only way to win is to stop playing the game. Totally.
2: Dear listener, I don't know how much is going to get kept, but we had about an hour and a half conversation about, history changing, and sometimes you don't realize that history is changing. It doesn't happen that often. The, the picture in Star Wars is the move from the medieval period to the modern period, and what Palpatine is doing is exercising absolutely new types of techniques that don't exist in the medieval period. They are entirely modern in terms of technology, mass-produced armies, weapons we've never seen before. This is all modern warfare. And what does Star Wars have to tell us today? We are moving from the modern period to the postmodern period, and we have no idea how to adjust to, you know, the obstacles to peace and happiness and goodwill in our world. It's very tricky. And and we see it here. It's not the same, but it is it is the same. It doesn't – the Jedi are, are essentially saying, look, let's just do things as we've always done them because – that, you know history is our guide history has been sound for a thousand years let's just play the long game and they're going to lose yeah
4: well, and even even that that moment from Yoda is like i i am choosing what i know to be the wrong path because I understand it to be the
2: only power. Now, that's a contemporary issue right there. That's a contemporary answer for a lot of people who have power today.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: Because
4: I don't think this is right, but I think it's the only way. It's like, well, actually, that's because you're short-sighted.
2: It's what we've been doing before. It's a tragedy. That's where we're driving to. (laughs) Oh,
3: yeah, yeah, Totally. It's the end of King Lear where he realizes he's completely, completely made all the wrong choices and trusted all the wrong people and has ended up with nothing.
2: Yep. I am dead, Horatio. All these tragedies don't end very well, I hear.
3: <laughs> nope. It's weird that those 14-year-olds' marriage ended just so badly. <laughs>
2: Well, uh, here's what's up next. Uh, Next time, we're actually going to conclude the Domino Squad arc with an episode called Arc Troopers. This is Season 3, Episode 2. This is a top 10 episode of Clone Wars for me. We have actually, Daniel and I have already recorded this episode, and it's not a stretch to say I think this is the best episode that we've done that does not have. The great TJ Wilson with
3: us. It's true. Your lives will be changed.
2: As with all of our podcasts, this one's only gonna survive. If you share it with passion to friends who love a galaxy far, far away, you can find the binge list online and you can share your thoughts with us on Twitter. Either of you got uh, final thoughts on this? I got nothing. I'm good. He's Daniel Mother Shedd.
4: This is not the first time you have proven to be clumsy.
2: Oh Lord. He's personality typing expert TJ Wilson. I think you've been cooped up in here too long, old man. You're telling me. <laughs> We've come to take you home. <laughs> Dear listener, know that our recording time right now is three hours and 20 minutes, and <laughs> so much of this is getting cut. <laughs> and I'm Jeff Cook. Any
5: man that is willing to pay to have a Jedi killed. Is dangerous and unpredictable
2: but Daniel do it anyway you
3: know why uh, cuz some men just want to watch the world but no sorry because this is the way
2: <laughs> what you think teach this is the way this, this is the way. way this is the way and then I toast a friendship <laughs>
3: Everyone looks like they're having a lot of fun.
4: Weren't we talking about something important?